Coming up on the WAC Podcast, our first resume seating system poll is out. We'll discuss that. Also, we have a volleyball team making a run in the NIVC tournament. And Rebecca Ray stops by. She's our Senior Associate Commissioner for Sport Administration and Championships, plus the Senior Woman Administrator in the WAC. That's all ahead on the WAC Podcast. Welcome to the WAC Podcast. Today's episode is presented by Hercules Tires. And now, here are your hosts, Eric Danner and Kendra Sheehan. Well, what an exciting time for our conference. We got the basketball season rolling. And what was released just two days ago? Actually, we have a updated one as well, but our first WAC basketball resume seating system rankings were released. And this is the thing that the conference is doing trailblazing. It's the, we're the only conference in the nation to have introduced this system that will decide who gets what spot, what seed for our postseason WAC basketball tournament. It takes into account the entire season, not just conference play, and uh, gives teams plus or minuses based on the win and based on the caliber of the opponent. So very interesting. This is something when we talked at media day, a lot of coaches didn't really know what to think of it at first. You know, they're just kind of going to see how it plays. And so it'd be interesting to see the standings and then the resume seating system standings and how closely they align as the, uh, the season continues to, to roll on. What are your thoughts as the first rankings have been released? It takes into account, as you mentioned, Kendra, the entire season. So the idea is you want to, schedule you know stronger opponents to you know give those uh victories uh, potentially more weight or even uh, losses uh depending on how those games go sam houston uh who we've talked about a, a lot on the show to start the year in men's basketball kendra number one on the men's side uh really uh, not a surprise given that they won at oklahoma at utah just last night they played oklahoma state in stillwater uh so they remain number one as the uh updated system, a new one just came out today. And when you look at their national ranking, their national net ranking, Sam Houston right now in the top 20 in the nation, they were number seven last week, Kendra. Now, of course, a lot of basketball left to be played, but if the season ended today, that, that would be a uh, a very good chance for Sam Houston to get an at-large bid to the NCAAs if uh, they didn't win the WAC tournament. Absolutely. And then we look at our, our women's basketball resume seeding system rankings. Of course, you got Stephen F. Austin at the top with 1.37 WAC points. And, you know, they are six and two, our, our WAC defending champions. They went to the NCAA tournament for the past two years in a row. And, of course, Grand Canyon, another top competitor, sits right below them. So interesting to see those rankings. UT Arlington, new to the league this year. We knew that they were going to come in and, and certainly be a threat for, for one of those top positions. And so they're already sitting at five and four. But very interesting to see. You know, I think people are like, oh, my gosh, what is, you know, 1.7? And you got a team, Utah Valley, sitting at, you know, negative 2.94. So it would be very interesting and, and see how this plays out moving forward. Yeah, and those top three on the women's side, Kendra, I think are the top three uh, when we did our preseason coaches poll. Uh, the the kind of uh, eyebrow raisers there, Utah Tech checking in at number four and Tarleton at number five. And this doesn't take into effect that Tarleton won last night against Weber State, which I assume would push their uh, their numbers up even higher at this point. So again, with those teams eligible for the WAC tournament this year, 12 out of 13 teams make it. 
things uh, again it's december it's uh we we haven't even uh you know a lot of people don't have their christmas tree up yet but these teams are looking really well uh really good heading into conference play which actually is going to start at the end of this month i know i can't believe it december means uh conference play some conferences have already started playing uh yeah i saw that like pac 12 i think was underway and some other Murray valley was in there yeah they getting those getting those uh conference games in early which it's always a challenge depending on how many games they play in conference uh back to the men's side uh we talked about sam houston being the number one team seattle u uh let's not sleep on the red hawks the uh, su team led by chris victor at number two right now, Grand Canyon at number three, of course, uh, Bryce Drew and the, and the team he has uh, had a big win at Wyoming last week. So that's always big when you look at these point systems to to win at a Mountain West opponent. Tarleton at number four because they beat Boston College earlier this year. And Utah Tech, not just the, the uh, women, but the men, uh, number five in this resume seating system. Yeah, um, I think one of the things that I was kind of looking at, you know, the the standings was, I guess it'd be Abilene Christian. So they were their 13th right now in the seeing system, but they were, you know, middle of the pack in terms of, you know, their uh, record. And so that's just interesting to see. But yeah, Seattle, you had Chris Victor, who came in last year, and he was put in a very a unique situation where he was named head coach, just you know, interim head coach, just like days before the season. And then mid, then he was named full-time head coach. And so, you know, without all those outside factors, and now he just has the whole season to focus on, uh, should be, should be fun to watch the product that they put out on the floor this year as well. Wag men's basketball ticket smarter player of the week goes to Latrey Darthard from Utah Valley had a big game against Long Beach state went eight of 12 from the floor. That includes Seven of 11 from behind the arc had a couple steals, a couple of blocks. So he picks up our uh, Ticket Smarter Player of the Week, the Freshman of the Week. Freshman of the Week, UT Arlington's Brandon Walker. He uh, he was quite the freshman contributing against LSU. And uh, UTA played LSU at LSU earlier in the week on December 2nd, it was a really good game. You know, UTA had a chance to win at times. It was just a four point loss, really impressive. And Brandon Walker, I got a chance to watch him play last night and he, he's got a high ceiling. You know, he hit a three that really helped change the momentum of the game at a time when the Mavs really need to get something rolling. And then it's his hustle. Also, you know, he throws his body on the line. He did a diving play where he saved the ball from going out of bounds and gave it back to a UTA player. So he does a lot of good things. You can tell he's got a nice basketball IQ. And so he's going to be a fun player to watch moving forward as he, you know, had 11 points, 6.5 rebounds uh, per game was averaging last week. And so a uh, nice, uh, a nice accolade for, for Walker. Yeah, you had a chance uh, last night, as you mentioned, Kendra, to, call the UTA North Texas uh, men's basketball game and as an analyst and uh, North Texas, of course, uh, one of the top teams out of Conference USA, they'll be moving on to the American Conference. What were your thoughts uh, on that? Obviously, UTA didn't get the result they wanted in the end, but uh, as the game went along, a pretty competitive matchup. Yeah, I'm not going to lie, going in, you know, looking at just on paper what North Texas brought to the table, I mean, they're three-time uh, back to back to back 
regular season CUSA champions. They return a lot of their same guys. Their number one scorer from last year was back. And so on paper, they looked really good. And UTA still looks like that team that is figuring themselves out. They have 10 newcomers and, you know, they don't have anybody averaging in double figures, but they have, you know, 10, 10 guys or nine guys that are averaging four to nine points per game. And so I think one of their things is really looking for who's going to be that standout, that go-to shooter for them. And so I was I was really pleasantly surprised with the way that UTA hung in there. North Texas is one of the toughest defenses in the country. And and UTA really, I mean, they were leading at the half. They held their own. And, um, you know, I think they're a team that's starting to gel. We saw what they were doing against LSU and then to carry it over here. You know, they, they're right now, they're ranked kind of at our bottom of our system. And I think uh, or our standings and, and even the coaches poll, they weren't super high up, but you know, as they continue to gel, I, I don't think you can sleep on the maps. Yeah, I had a chance to watch some of that game. They played at LSU last week as well. And certainly a lot of athleticism on that team, a lot of high-flying dunks. And uh makes you think as this team gets uh, used to playing, uh, you know, with one another, that they're going to really be a team to watch, especially as conference play starts here on December 29th. Can't believe it. Already <laughs> here. And then just before you know it, Tomorrow I'll be waking up and it'll be like, hey, Whack Vegas, <laughs> we're leaving tomorrow. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, Whack Women's Basketball, Take It Smarter Players of the Week. Our, our Women's Player of the Week goes to Yana Dorsey of UTRGV. And uh, if that name sounds familiar, she <laughs> was in the Whack last year, was a uh, transfer out of Tarleton. She posted a career-high 30 points in a win against uh, Texas A&M Corpus Christi, and she followed that up with 21 points against Houston Christian. So uh, I had a chance to watch UTRGV women uh, when I was down there for volleyball. And you, you could definitely see when uh, she was able to take over the game in the fourth quarter against UNC or be a part of that uh, comeback, that uh, th this will be a team to watch as well as as they get used to playing uh, with one another. Certainly. And our, our WAC freshman of the week comes out of Stephen F. Austin, Jordan Harrison, the guard, scored 28 points, 10 rebounds, a nice double-double, nine steals, eight assists, um, almost a triple-double, almost a quadruple-double, yeah. if you yeah. will. Uh, quadruple-double. Yeah, right? She gets one yeah. more steal, two more assists. How often does that happen? Look at that's, the stats on good. that one. But, you know, she she came in to, to a Stephen F. Austin team that was was already really good from last year. Of course, they lost some key pieces um, with, you know, Zion Nugent being out for the year. But, you know, coming to the former last year's WAC Coach of the Year, Mark Kellogg, brought in Harrison and uh, very exciting for her. And that's that's another team, of course, you you can never take your eyes off. Yeah, and, and I would imagine, you know, with that Zion Nugent injury, yes, that there was a, a hole there and. I mean, if Jordan Harrison is going to almost have some quadruple doubles, that uh, that could be good news for Coach Mark Kellogg as far as moving forward in the year. Whack volleyball, we still have uh, one team alive, but let's back up and uh, go to the NCAA tournament again with uh, the Jacks, with Stephen F. Austin. They went to Baylor, and we had a chance to go along to, uh, to Waco as well, Kendra, and that was an exciting matchup. Of course, Baylor, one of the top teams, in the country. It was great to see their facilities there. And you can kind of see why uh, uh, that not only are they a great volleyball team, but men's basketball, women's basketball. When you see those NCAA championship banners hanging in the rafters, that, that kind of tells you what kind of program they have there. 
absolutely. It was a beautiful facility. Lots of NCAA banners hanging there. And it was it was a cool uh, opportunity for us, you know, having moved the office to Arlington and having that opportunity. You know, we have a team in the NCAA tournament. It's about two hours away. Let's make it a staff outing. Let's show our support. And so I think, what was it, six of us might have made the trip down there. And so uh, that was really fun. Got to got a chance to uh, support SFA. And, um, you know, while obviously the results didn't go the way that, you know, the Lady Jacks wanted, it was cool to see and uh, love supporting our teams out there. Now, the team that's still alive in uh, WAC Volleyball is UTRGV. They went to the NIVC tournament, as did Grand Canyon. Uh, GCU did win their first round matchup against Wichita State, then fell to Drake in the second round. But UTRGV hosting the first and second rounds. And the Vaqueros, uh, much as they did in the WAC regular season, came out on top. And they, they advanced to the round of eight, I believe it is now. Oh, look at the Vaqueros rolling in the postseason in this tournament they beat houston christian at home which was pretty cool three to one and then they went on oh no they they hosted again so nice two opportunities to host i guess that's the first and second round that's the way they do it but then they swept south dakota state and so coming up tomorrow thursday uh they'll they'll head to davidson north carolina and play them and then tbd it could be drake or pacific depending if they win uh Saturday or Sunday. So volleyball likely will wrap up in, in this week, but really cool to uh, to see one of our teams still going. Yeah, deep run by UTRGV, and they were the WAC regular season champions. They, they fell in the semifinals in our uh, WAC tournament, but uh, seemed to have gotten back on track. And, of course, they, they go to Davidson, uh, the uh, famous alum from Davidson. I'm putting you on the spot. Who's Who's their most famous sports alum? Um, from Davidson. From Davidson. Folks, you're asking NBA. about the most famous Davidson <laughs> NBA alum. Is that what you're asking? I just want to clarify. Yeah, as you put it in your computer. Um, I'm just thinking about, oh, Steph Curry. Steph Curry, of course, yeah. Davidson, North Carolina. So that'll be Thursday, December 8th. That match is due to be on ESPN plus a uh, little bit of football to talk about. Of course, football season ended a few weeks back in the whack, but uh, congratulations to Joey Hobart on finishing ninth for the Walter Payton award, the outstanding receiver from Utah tech kind of in a, in that gray area, if you will, Kendra, where uh, Utah tech transitioning from D two to D one. So on the NCAA stats, when you pull up those, his numbers uh, not on there because they're still transitioning, but outstanding season over 1200 yards uh you know easily you know one of the top players in the league this year yeah i got to watch him play in person twice i believe actually yeah. and uh, you know he he had a great season and then you look at i think utah tech went through three different quarterbacks over the season and so you know, that's never easy as a receiver to you have that chemistry that you build with your QB one. And then, you know, 
a QB, another QB comes in and then another one. And he still was able to, to put up numbers. The game that I was at, it was their quarterback, Victor Gabalis's first start for the trailblazers. And, and he had two touchdowns, might even have three touchdowns actually. And just a phenomenal performance for him. So it just says what a, what a talented receiver he is that he's able to put up numbers. I guess it would be, uh, you know, a Tyreek Hill situation where someone asks, how are you able to put up numbers with so many people? And he would look and say, you know, I can put up numbers with you. <laughs> You remember that well, from one of his press conferences. Right? Yeah, I, I think, well, I mean, Patrick Mahomes and two are pretty good as well. But uh, that game you went to, that Utah Tech, Stephen F. Austin game you're alluding to, uh, I mean, that was really the one if, if SFA had pulled that one out, they probably went to the NCAA, went to the FCS playoffs if they win that game. Yeah, that's true. I think that was that was a, certainly a bit of an upset, of course, also being uh, – the lumberjacks homecoming as well it was a bit of a rainy game but that was that win that you know paul pearson had talked about he was like we we're we're really a talented team but we just can't finish games and we can't have that one win that's gonna at least begin to separate ourselves he's like our guys put in so much work week in week out and we're just not getting the results and, and sometimes that's heartbreaking for a team and so to get that win, you know, they all know what they're capable of, but to get that on paper and to show, you know, especially against a team like Stephen F. Austin, who is projected to finish, you know, so high in our league and has done so well in the past, really cool win uh, for the Trailblazers and and really led by Joey Hober. Yeah, that, that'll be fun next year to, as Utah Tech finished uh, on a win streak. Southern Utah did much better, I think, than anybody anticipated. Of course, Stephen F. Austin's going to be back uh, ready and, and loaded and, Abilene Christian Tarleton both making steps forward. So all, all the teams football-wise in the league seemingly heading in the right direction. So that, that'll be fun to watch next year. Uh, one other thing. So uh, whack road trip, um, kind of. Uh, we'll be heading to Dickey's Arena this Saturday. Yeah, we uh, it will be UTA. We'll be playing, uh, I believe it's Texas State. Mm -hmm. neutral site over at Dickey's arena, a cool opportunity for, you know, another little staff outing. It's a cool arena, get a chance to, uh, to see a cool game in a cool spot and, and watch UTA is they're really on a, on a tough stretch of non-conference games here. So we'll see what they can bring to the table on Saturday. Yeah. And I believe that's a, a double header. I don't know if we're going to both games, if you will. Uh, but I think TCU also playing SMU. SMU, yeah. So it's it's to you know Fort Worth against Dallas, and of course UTA in Arlington and Texas State. So uh, a lot of Texas uh, implications there at Dickey's Arena. So that'll be fun to watch as well. Uh, when we come back, we're going to talk with Rebecca Ray, who does all kinds of different things, including championships in the WAC. You're listening to the WAC podcast. Dun, dun, dun. We would like to thank our partners. Hercules Tires, Ticket Smarter, and Adidas. Now, back to the WAC Podcast. Welcome back to the WAC Podcast. Eric Danner, Kendra Sheehan, now joined by Rebecca Ray. One of our, uh, I, I don't say, I, I don't think new employees. You, you've been here for a little bit. Senior Associate Commissioner for Sports Administration and Championships. Also the SWA for the WAC, which is the Senior Woman Administrator. Rebecca, welcome to the show. And I would say welcome to the WAC, but you've been here a while, so it's beyond the welcome stage, I guess. Thank you so much. It's good to be here. And it, it still feels new every day, I think. Uh, that's part of the joy of sports, though, right? So in terms of, of that, Rebecca, tell tell our, our listeners uh, what uh, what brought you to the WAC. I, I know you've 
been in college athletics uh, for for a minute for for a little bit of time and what what kind of led you uh to this position that you're in now well great thanks um well college athletics is uh obviously the whack i was very familiar with uh coming from seattle university and and being in touch with the WAC staff, I think uh, the conference office from the start of my career and um, when I was at Texas was always something that interested me and was in the back of the mind. I think, uh, as with most administrators, you have to decide when you're ready to leave the student athletes in that direct contact. And so um, it was a, a great opportunity for me and the timing worked out um, and I'd be I'd be lying if I didn't say the fact that uh, moving home closer to family wasn't a, a big part of this move for me. So loving the Dallas-Fort Worth area. Rebecca, you mentioned, you know, still feels new every day. You just had two championships. We kind of wrapped up our fall championships where you were at cross country. You were also at volleyball. What experience was that like for you to to step into this role where you're you're running a championship? Uh, totally different brainwave. Uh, I obviously have had experience from the host side at all of those championships. And so um, to get to to flip the switch and uh, be on the conference side, I think my favorite part of it was the more of a deeper connection with each of the head coaches uh, at the offices. So that was a really wonderful thing to be a part of. Rebecca, you also had a chance to be at women's soccer because I know because I was there with you. So uh, three three of the four championships this fall. Um, in terms of uh, your day-to-day -day, uh, operation, we, we try to have everybody on the show and, and kind of shed some light on maybe some different opportunities there are in athletics maybe people don't know about. And obviously championships, I, I don't think people understand necessarily how much planning goes into each championship. And uh, of course, it's different. To, you know, we're getting ready for basketball, which is hosted by the WAC only. It's not at a school campus. Uh, but in terms of some of the other things you do, SWA, Senior Woman Administrator, maybe people don't know what that is. <laughs> yes, uh, I think it's rare to find a group of people that all know what it is. Um, so, I mean, with that role, I uh, get to really just be a advocate and a leader for equity overall, whether that's for women's sports or men's sports and and how we bring the different groups together. And so, um, you know, it is also gives me the opportunity to oversee the sport management committee, which has been very, very busy lately um, as we develop new scheduling formats that best fit our conference overall. I think within the past year's time, we have changed scheduling formats for all but uh, two of our sports that we schedule for. So. I think that's been a it's been a huge part of the job of late and a, a lot of fun to get going with. And being the senior woman administrator, I think coming in and the 50th anniversary of Title IX, you've kind of come in and really wanted to get the ball rolling on some things to highlight, you know, women in sports and women in the WAC. And how important is it for you in this position to to come in and and make some changes and, and create some. I guess, new uh, content for us and help us, you know, guide things in the right direction to start highlighting some more of our women, especially, you know, with this 50th anniversary this year. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I am very thankful to have the opportunity to be thinking through it, new ideas. I was left in a, a great space overall. And the, the anniversary of Title IX, it's, an, it's a fantastic opportunity to get to highlight our, our, our women and our history 
Um, we have many schools with storied pasts as well as the conference overall. And so to have that opportunity anytime to highlight and tell really special stories about influential people in your conference is, is great. And uh, the national trend overall to be able to celebrate that and, and talk through and really just take that moment is very much in the fast paced sports world. You're usually go, 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 go and on to the next. And so the ability to take a step back and reflect on some of the history and some of the important parts that got us to where we are today is super special. So looking forward to hearing all the stories from our institutions and, and more about what meant uh, what was really influential for them and, and how we've, we've changed and grown and have so many opportunities, I think, student athletes today and even myself and my experience, the, the people that had to fight for um, things that felt easy for us is, is pretty special. Yeah, it is pretty amazing when you look at the history that, that it's only been 50 years. And when, when we're doing some research right around when the Title IX anniversary happened, the, the WACs really only had women's athletics for about 30 years. It was under a different umbrella before the WAC brought it in. But, uh, you know, growing up, I mean, it, it, you would think that it's been around longer, but it hasn't. But uh, definitely we, we want to shed some light on on some of those great stories you're talking about, Rebecca. And also uh, in your purview as, as far as what you're doing, uh, there's a lot of committees and maybe people don't know about this. And it seems like when you're at Seattle U, you're involved in a lot of committees and that's carried over into your new role in the WAC, in particular, the, the sports management uh, committee. Uh, and it seems to have an impact on quite a few things. Uh, it, it, I mean, scheduling is part of it, but there's all kinds of things involved in that committee. Yeah, the sports management committee is literally as broad as its name. Um, so it is groups of representatives, so women in leadership positions at each of our institutions. And um, we have oversight of all sports for the most part, without with some exception of basketball and football, which are um, overseen by our athletic directors directly. And really, uh, Everything from awards to officiating to scheduling formats is a part of the purview. I think you're right. Right now, the primary focus is is getting the right scheduling formats and going through that. But I think a big goal of mine and of the group is finding ways to empower our coaches and our coaching groups and SAC and our FARs to to be able to push things forward and to share their ideas. I think. Um, Many times, whether it's based off of timing or, you know, not having the right conversation with the right person, you can lose some really fantastic ideas that come out of our, our coaches group specifically. And so uh, looking to to build a structure that that really empowers them to have a voice and to to make some changes in this ever evolving college athletics world. Rebecca, what's been one of the most challenging parts so far of switching the mindset from working just at an institution to then having this, you know, conference and overseeing 13 of our, our member institutions? Oh, my. Uh, is it too crass to say to not have an opinion? No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> I, I think that uh, the hardest part, I think, is is seeing that lens and, and understanding of a huge learning curve for me is understanding the individual priorities at all of our member institutions and, and what makes them great. Because um, while 
it is it's not exactly the same for each of our institutions um it does when they're at their best then we can grow at our best together overall and so really understanding what the priorities are and and where um, each of our schools is looking to go in order to be successful so we can help to empower them and uh, push them forward so we can grow as a conference overall. Rebecca, you mentioned uh, at the top that, that this was an opportunity for you to come back home. This is where you grew up in this this area here. Kind of tell us a little bit about growing up in the in this state and, you know, playing sports. What 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 kind of drew you into the college athletics scene was it uh, as a student athlete was it uh, did you have any any ambition to be a coach someday what what brought you into this world here uh, well I am an extremely competitive person at heart so I would have to say it probably started there um, in playing sports and just being involved in everything um, a big piece of my my puzzle and what started my career is my high school basketball coach who's actually um, she's the, I believe, still the winningest basketball coach in high school history, um, coached for a very long time at Granbury High School, and uh, Lita Andrews, and huge influence in the women's basketball community and community overall. Um, so she was very well connected to uh, the University of Texas, where I went to college, and uh, I became a team manager and started right along with a brand new staff and was given a fantastic opportunity um, working under Kathy McDonald as a, a director of operations was a huge piece. And, and so learning right there at super high level and, and getting to see those, I, you know, what I fell in love with first was the championships. That basketball championship in Oklahoma City and Kansas City was uh, the highlight of my college career. And and so getting to have those experiences, it was uh, infectious, contagious, couldn't let go of it quite yet. So decided to continue on. And um, as, as I've grown in college athletics and learned more about it, because you don't really even know it exists until you're in it, um, I've evolved in what my career goals are, but um, really happy to have had that opportunity and to have those advocates and um, strong women in my corner to propel me forward and and give me that give me open the door. You've had the opportunity to work some pretty cool championship events. You know the Pac-12 women's basketball, NCAA gymnastics regional championship. What has been some of your favorite moments that you've had in your career? Whether it's you know running a championship or watching something really cool or unique happen. Oh. Oh, goodness. Um, well, I think the ones when you're a student are different. I think that one's been really special. Um, you know, obviously the Pac-12 tournaments and hosting those in Seattle um, at what what was Key Arena, um, those were really wonderful. Some of the more fun that I've actually enjoyed is being an NCAA site representative. And I think encouraging people to do that, that's been a really special way to get uh, involved in the NCAA and postseason play but um you know if I had to pick a championship it probably would be that Pac-12 women's basketball there are a couple of pretty fantastic upsets and uh nothing beats a tree mascot you know so <laughs> <laughs> just wait till whack Vegas that'll be your next favorite <laughs> well, well I, I always tell people when uh, in, in Kendra especially the, the more uh, sports that you're familiar with, the better it is in this industry. And 
Uh, you, you have that basketball background, Rebecca, but I know when you're at Seattle U, you had a chance to be around a lot of different sports. Were there were there some sports that maybe you didn't know much about that all of a sudden may, maybe are some of your favorites now? Oh my goodness, soccer. Um, soccer is a huge deal in Seattle. Um, very, very influential in the community and obviously the energy, you know, they had uh, the Sounders and the rain and uh, all the professional teams along with the success of both Seattle and Washington. Um, I, I think it's a, a big part of the community there. And so that has been one that I has really grown on me in that time. And I look forward to going to some FC Dallas games and continuing on with, with that and being a part of it. Yes. Sports can be so rewarding when you get to, you know, experience and see some of these student athletes and, you know, some of their stories of what they've overcome and some of their special moments for you. What is, what is the best part that continues? You know, it's a tough industry. It's long hours. You work weekends, you work holidays. What is that driving factor that, you know, continues to fuel your want and desire to be in this industry and continue to make an impact? Um, well, I am a teacher at heart. I think that that's my undergrad degree and getting to see those students. This is such an influential time in each of these student athletes' lives. Um, that 18 to 22 age when you're just really trying to figure out what life's all about and what your next steps are. And so getting to watch, um, you know, these young adults grow into themselves and learn is, is so rewarding and just to see their successes and how they're growing and, and changing the world. Um, <laughs> you, it also keeps you young uh, and, and understanding the, the new generations and, and what some of their things are. I think I, I learned a new thing about every week when I was on campus and a little less now, but it's, it's very special to see them and then to watch them grow and uh, see what they do in their careers afterwards. So. Well, Rebecca, I want to thank you for taking some time out. Now you've been on the podcast so you can check that off your list and uh, and uh, thanks for joining us and we'll, we'll see you in the office tomorrow okay thanks so much Bye. that's rebecca ray senior associate commissioner for sports administration and championships slash swa in the WAC. thanks everybody for listening to the WAC podcast thanks for listening to the WAC podcast make sure to follow us on facebook instagram twitter and youtube and check out our website at WAC Sports. 